I'm a park ranger in Yellowstone National Park. Me and my partner were going on patrol, for the fifth time I think together. We were in our 18th hour in and it is like 10 or 11 pm and we had seen about 14 deer, and were going to an open field with few trees. So halfway there I start seeing dead deer that were just lying on the ground so luckily I decided to clench my 12 gauge closer to me, in case animals attack me. The first deer I saw had its body cut at half but when we inspected there were no organs slash flesh were inside, so we thought they were wolves or foxes that had killed it. So we stayed very alert. Next thing I walked not even 500 feet from that I start seeing more and more dead deer. We originally thought it was wolves or foxes, but then here's where thing got crazy. I see deer with the body cut open like a rug or something and covered in blood. Next thing, I saw a deer with its head open and half of the brain was out and skull fragments were around. Now we though it was hunters that forgot their hunt. But when we go further, we start seeing deer in unimaginable poses slash places. They were on top of, not too high, around 10 feet, branches, so we turn back. We hear a stampede and decide to do a quick hunt. I just see a dark figure moving very quick and hunting them quickly. Now, when we shot it, my partner said the shot was hit, he had the better thermal scope, but still no effect, so when we shoot it again, it turns, starts moving towards us. I get my shotgun, and shoot it then it disappears. I got scared so we saw the deer and same thing. Missing brains, organs. So we decided to immediately turn back. I'll never forget this. Scared the s out of me. I'm a park ranger at Yosemite National Park. Even though, I saw lots of weird stuff, this is the only thing that scared the f out of me in the woods, and I've been waiting for an excuse to tell it. So, I'm a licensed park ranger. One day I decided to go patrolling down a backwoods dirt road. This dirt road goes about 6 to 7 miles through the woods with absolutely nothing in between except for that one road. I can't run the whole distance and back, so I decided to run 2 miles down the road, then turn around and run back. I was on my way back, and I was still about a mile away from the nearest house. About a half mile ahead of me, there was a turn in the road that I couldn't see past. As I was running towards it, a white van pulled around the corner. As soon as I was in its line of sight, it turned at a 45 degree angle, blocking the whole road, and stopped. I saw someone get out of the van, dressed in all dark clothes, and run around behind it as if to hide from me. At this point, I was convinced that he was up to no good. I actually pulled out and unlocked my phone as I was running in case I needed to call 911. I didn't really have any choice but to keep running towards him, because there was densely forested wetlands on each side of the road, and there was about 5 to 6 miles of road behind me, and there was no way I could outrun a van for that distance. That was the longest half mile I've ever run in my life. As I got close to the van, I ran as far off of the road as I could, keeping as much distance between it and myself as I could, and ran past it. Once I turned, he just disappeared. The whole van, the man in black and everything. Just plain weird. Sorry it didn't have a more exciting ending. Back in the 80s, 
My grandpa was a park ranger. One evening, he decided to pass through an area down a dirt road that was a popular spot for camping and fishing. The peak camping season hadn't started yet so he didn't expect anyone to be down there. After walking around a bit he heard a high-pitched cry. Now, for a brief second. He thought it was the sound of a mountain lion. Turns out, mountain lions can sound an awful lot like a woman screaming at the top of her lungs. In that split second he was about to hightail it out of there until he started hearing sobbing as well. He ran to where he was hearing the screams and came across Bigfoot attacking a woman. He booked it as soon as they saw him. He didn't pursue it but called for an immediate search of the area while he was making sure the woman was okay. The Bigfoot was never caught and the lady came out of the ordeal without any permanent damage. Out of his many years being outdoors for work or recreation, it's the one event he's told me was the scariest he'd seen out there. I've worked as a pack trip outfitter, ranch hand in the middle of a national forest and spend at least a week each month camping. I'm doing dog mushing now, so I'm outdoors now in times when it's colder and darker, and further into places that people don't often go. Most people would consider a 25-mile horse trip to be very long, in fact it would probably be all day, I'll do from 40 to 80 miles a day to get the dogs in shape for the Iditarod slash Yukon quest. My story is a two-parter, with the first part being just past the New Mexico border into Arizona. Anyways, I see five or six elk cows burst onto the road, and I slam on the brakes and swerve all the way off shoulder of the road, but I still almost hit this one elk that was bigger than all the rest. It looked like it was going to hit me straight on, and crash into me through the front window, killing me, like I hear it happen to some guy in Deming when he hit a horse. I felt this really calm feeling, and I felt like it would be the end. Everything felt slow, and I got a good look at it. It was about the size of a moose, but it had no antlers of any kind, and the build of a typical cow, cow as in female moose. The other animals were typical elk cows, but this one was larger, and covered from head to toe in what looked like large gray wool, like an angora goat that needed shaving so bad it starts to almost look like dreadlocks. Luckily, I get past it, and see its head go over the roof of my bad Ford Taurus, this is the moment I remember best, because for just an instant before its head went over the roof I felt like it could see me. And knew I was looking at it, even though its eyes were covered in the thick grey wool. And it hit the back of my car, my bumper had a new dent, but by the time I got out of my car it was into the brush. My friends think it was some kind of Sasquatch, even though it was certainly a small-footed quadruped, and call it Bigfoot's horse. My wife says it was probably the spirit of death, and that I died there but I continue living on in what my mind wants to happen. The second part is that as I was a few miles the ridge that overlooks Lake Strawberry in Utah, and I got to this old aspen grove, with really thick aspens on both sides. I mention this because with a string of 12 dogs behind an ATV, there wasn't enough snow for sleds, there's really nowhere to go but forward, you couldn't guide the dogs through trees like that, so it was always forward till we got to the end of the loop that would bring us to the trail to take back to base camp. Which was an exciting thought because I'm using just a headlamp and it was late, and cold. And then I saw it again, running on my left side, 
in the same direction as us but also towards us. I wish I would have grabbed a camera, but imagine the franticness of watching my dogs to make sure they didn't chase towards it, or head of the wrong way. In dog mushing, you can never take your eyes off your leaders too long or something can go wrong, and to stop the team would make them for sure go toward it and get caught in the trees, so really the best thing to do was to go faster, keep the dogs busy so they don't chase it. So I'm looking at it, at the pack leader, ahead of the team, a fallen tree or a cattle guard taken too fast can injure a dog just like a moose, at the creature, then reaching around in my emergency bag, back at the leaders, and pull out my just-in-case gun. I click off the first two chambers I keep empty, and I have the gun pointed straight up in the air with live ammo now. I really didn't want to shoot it, or even frighten the dogs with a gunshot, but it keeps getting close so I fire a shot a few feet above it and I hear it hit some branches, then I look back at the dogs and I see it go behind a thick growth of trees. I kept looking around, but that was the last I saw of it, although the rest of the ride I was jumping at shadows. Pretty crazy, but the craziest thing was the tiny moment I though, oh, it's death again, but this time he's going to take me for real. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I work as a park ranger and boy do I have stories. I got a couple of them. I was patrolling with a hunter who was hunting for moose north of some ranch. I never really patrolled in this area. But the trails we were quatting on had such bad luck. Getting whipped in the face by saplings and getting almost stuck a couple times. But the trees that were about 20 to 30 feet high were bent and broken in front of the trails, almost blocking it. There was lots. Some of the breaks were about 10 to 12 feet high. Can be explained by heavy snow, but the number of them was a bit much. We trudged through anyways and we just had the eerie feeling to stop what we were doing and head back home. My hunter friend was trying to get to this lake I seen on a map so he could make some moose calls. When he was getting close there were little dry mud pits that the quad would glide over except for one. He sunk and it felt like Play-Doh. He sweat his balls off trying to push it out and it was getting dark. So he said the hell with it and started walking. As he was walking you could hear the moose calling and breaking through the trees in all directions. It was the rut and they are super active and they don't care if you're a mouse or a grizzly bear. Also it was dark. Something was circling him and really letting him know it was there. He finally got a lick of service and texted me to come find him with his side by side. 
I did and he made it out of Monster Central. A couple days later he went to ranch and I said take my quad north up the trail about 300 meters and tell me what you see. He went and the trail opening he went on had two birch saplings about 8 feet high that were on each side of the trail were bent over and woven together in an arch over the trail. One of the trees on the left side was pulled straight out of the ground upwards. By the amount of ground and roots that come up with it, have to be pretty strong to pull something like that straight out. It couldn't have been a bull moose antlers, there was not enough for it to catch one of the antlers. It couldn't have been a bear. We took it as a warning but from what? I have another story my buddy told me and our buddies at work about when he was a kid. I have no reason not to believe him. Because why would he lie, he has nothing to prove to us. He said that he was a kid and sitting between his mom and dad in their single cab truck. His dad was hunting for deer and they came upon a field, he said in the middle of this field there was about chest high brush and a and a diameter of about 25 feet. Standing around the brush from every direction and in formation with about 5 feet between them were white tail bucks. All facing towards the center. The dad thought this obviously weird and shot up into the air. All the bucks stared at them and then in the middle, he said I kid you not, a Bigfoot stood up. It looked at them and walked across the field and the deer all took off running. I've been out in the bush a lot throughout my life and there are weird things out there. I got a few other stories I heard from other hunters here and there. My husband worked as a logger in National Park in Penrose, Wingalow and Belanglo State Forests. It's uncommon to see people walking and wandering in the mist in the early morning, but some appear from nowhere or disappear behind things they shouldn't. The operators scare each other saying it's the souls of the Ivan Malat's victims, but they absolutely don't get out of the cabs for anyone just in case. They have also found human remains a few times. Unfortunately they were both assumed homeless, we didn't follow up for a cause of death. As a park ranger I've encountered a Bigfoot in a national park in Texas. I think it might have been stalking me, because I caught glimpses of it for about two hours. In the early 90s I was walking in a bird preserve near San Antonio. It's an old sheep farm on a small mountain that has several different Texas ecosystems in one place. There's a high savanna, a live oak forest, and a high desert scrub trail. A smaller humanoid Bigfoot made direct eye contact with me through the grass of the high savanna. I remember thinking it was kind of cool. It just looked at me, and I remember wondering if it was a pet. I got a little scared and moved down the trail. I started climbing down the side of the mountain at about a 70 degree angle, into the live oak forest, thinking, I hope it's not following me. There's no way to get out of here, fast. I kept on the forest trail, which crosses muddy streams and two canyons, with tree cover so thick, there's a gloom. I kept thinking, I'd hate to run into that beast, here, it's kind of slippery. I hiked my way up out of the forest trail onto an old paved sheep run that has a tunnel of wisteria around it. I could hear the Bigfoot near the trail. The sheep run opens out into plain limestone rock that's uneven and sparse. On that part of the trail I could see it chasing birds down the mountain to my right. I kept going over the large, uneven rocks, 
partly climbing, partly bouldering, in fairly slippery running shoes. It got really quiet. The Bigfoot was on my left, running through the brush, grabbing at birds, and growling. Some mammalian survival instinct took over, and I started yelling and sprinting over the uneven rocks, until I got back to a more populated dirt trail. There was a guy there, with two toddlers. I remember saying, don't go up there. There's a Bigfoot, and I think it might have been chasing me. He looked at me like I was nuts, and I wandered back to my car, out of breath and slightly dazed. I'm a park ranger for 20 years so I'm working in the woods for a living. I've seen a fair amount of odd things. Carvings in trees, old beat up cars, random weird trash scattered through the woods, and a fair amount of animal carcasses. I've had instances where I've gotten spooked, stuff like jumping big critters is always quite jolting, but I can recall one rather butt puckering experience. I was working with a few other people at the time, spaced out of sight but not out of earshot. I crossed over a little ridge at least two miles from the closest road, in the middle of the woods, and I saw what looked like a full skeleton of a cow tied together with twigs and a little bit of twine. Whoever made it had fashioned it to be sitting on a log. They left a very neat pile of bones in front of the thing, and nothing anywhere else. I saw it and about fainted. Definitely really odd considering how far we were off the road, and how thick and steep it was. I ended up getting the folks I was with to come check it out, really just for giggles. I took note of it and we moved on to the next plots. I have a picture, but I'm new to this whole Reddit thing so I'll try to figure out how to upload it. My father likes to go hunting by himself, and I, as a park ranger, am there to accompany him. I want him to be safe, just in case. So anyway, I tried to tag along as much as possible. On this particular day, when he was packing up to leave for the night, he had a strange encounter. If you like to go camping, hiking, or hunting, you know that even when the sun sets behind the mountains, there is still enough light to be able to see slash pack your things without a flashlight. Well my father said that as the sun started setting behind the mountains, and he started packing his equipment into his truck, a random woman appeared out of thin air. This was in late fall and it was fairly cold out and the woman was wearing a short sleeve shirt, shorts, and white sneakers. There were no signs that the woman had walked up to him because he checked his surroundings constantly and there was no one to be seen. Where my father parked, we always camp there every summer and you can see more than 100 yards up and down the road. My father also said that earlier that day, as he drove by the campgrounds to the public hunting land, there were no campers, trailers, tents, or possible hikers present. He knew that there was a possibility of him being alone that day. Knowing my father, he never left his guard down and was always aware of his surroundings. The woman startled my dad and he secretly reached for his concealed weapon in his waistband and tried his best to make sure she wouldn't notice. Anyways, my father asked if the woman was camping and the woman had one simple reply yes. The woman then walked around my dad's truck as if she was inspecting it until she came back to the spot where she began. The woman didn't say anything at all during this altercation, 
and she proceeded to head up the trail to the campgrounds closer to California 155. On this dirt road that merged off Cali 155, there were two main campgrounds, one about two miles off Cali 155 and another five miles out. After a few minutes, my father was done packing, and he got into his truck and drove back up the dirt road towards Cali 155 so he could head home. As he passed the campgrounds closer to Cali 155, he noticed that there were no tents, cars, trailers, or any signs that someone was going to camp there that night. He thought to himself that maybe she was camping father out, so he turned his truck around and headed for the campgrounds farther away from Cali 155. To his surprise, there were no signs of people camping there that night. He then came to the consensus that maybe the woman was just hiking, but he realized that the nearest town to him was about 15 miles down Cali 155 and it was way too late for someone to be hiking. He then started to raise suspicion. He drove back to where he parked and looked for footprints. Like I stated, this was just a dirt road and it hadn't rained yet, so footprints should be visible. My father did not find any footprints at all. He followed, on foot, to where he thought she would have headed up to the campgrounds closer to Cali 155, and after a while he could finally see some footprints. However, the footprints were barely visible and they seemed to just start out of nowhere. After a while they just went right off the road and there was nothing to be seen, as if she just wandered off. He knew that he had maybe encountered a ghost that day, but he was not sure. He came home and told my mom about it and she said that one of my father's close friends did passed away earlier that week, and that maybe that encounter was his way of saying his last goodbyes before he headed off into the afterlife. Which kinda makes sense since my father's friend got really sick and couldn't go hunting with my father anymore and they always hunted together. When my father's friend was still alive, he always said that they would go on one last hunting trip together, but he passed away before they could do it. My father then lost contact with his friend. Also, the woman walked around my dad's truck as if she was inspecting it. My dad had always wanted the same truck as his friend and told him multiple times that he would buy a truck similar to his, but my father never bought one until after his friend got deathly sick and lost contact. That's a reason why I became park ranger. While I was working as a park ranger I heard a story about two guys who went duck hunting in the up of Michigan. And got turned around in a tag alder swamp on their way to their blind at 4am. They walked about a half mile and stopped to check the map and heard a blood curdling scream slash yell. One of them asked what it was. So the other one told him it was a bird and when they got to out blind they loaded their shotguns and didn't say a word to each other until the sun came up. They've spent a lot of time in the woods and they've heard a lot of strange sounds, bobcats, bear, foxes, raccoons, that could be solved by looking them up, but one said that he couldn't find anything online about it and none of their hunting friends, young and old, could explain it. It turns out there have been a large amount of Bigfoot sightings in the area. I believe them. I have two stories. Both happened in Michigan up. I'm currently a park ranger there. So, 
One day I was patrolling along a ridge overlooking Preskal River. Probably 80 above bottom when I saw a dogman. He saw me at same time and started coming towards me. I dropped my rifle and started running. I'm not paid enough for this crap. Second I was patrolling with Buddy about 5 to 6 miles off road. Came around corner and Skinwalker was there, standing with Baby. We stopped, he took couple paces towards us, so we turn around and get heck out of there. In both cases I believe the cryptids could have easily caught us if they wanted. I think a dogman was just curious. The Skinwalker wanted us to leave and we complied. I was sitting on a dock at Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri after dark. The hill behind me was acres and acres of woods. I heard something running through the woods toward me. It was crashing through the woods, there was a lot of noise from breaking branches as it thundered toward the water. I was frozen with terror and when whatever it was reached the water, there was a big splash. I was petrified with fear. I asked a park ranger about it and the only thing he said was, well, deer can swim. It's hard to image a deer making that much noise running through the woods. So I work in Everglades National Park as a park ranger. One day, my partner and I were patrolling as usual. Usually we would hunt, if there's no clear job to do. So, we would take the point .22 and silently pop a few rabbits and possums while we walked around and checked clearings for deer sign. Spotlighting. Of course, illegally. One week I got lucky and smoked a deer on the hillside. No one knew. Anyways this particular patrol we didn't see much at all, so we decided to venture over the fence and follow this game trail into the native. It was about 10 pm and pitch black. We got about 15 minutes deep in the wilderness and came across this sugar sack hanging from a tree in the middle of the track. As we got closer we saw that there was something small but weighted in the bag and dripping with blood. At this point we were both thinking like WTF is this? Should we look? What if it's something we can't unsee? Then we both had this overwhelming feeling someone was watching us from the shadows, so we loaded our guns and noped the F out of their double time. Talking with my partner to this day we both are still unsure what the hell was in that bag. Back in summer 2016 I worked in a national park in Sweden. About 10 kilometers north of Akersberga. So, one day, while I was in deep woods, I heard footsteps. I looked for the cause of them but found nothing. I thought I was hearing things due to the fact that I had beer that evening. The next morning I found a dead deer that was ripped to shreds less than 20 meters from the site. I packed up and left ASAP and have never gone there since. I quit my job with pleasure. I don't work in the forest or anything but my mom and I grew up in a very very small Acadian community in rural New Brunswick. Canada outside of Moncton, the settlement is Notre Dame, that was mostly woods. Anyway, if you didn't know, cougars slash pumas slash mountain lions aka eastern cougar are extinct in my area of eastern Canada, but, many people in my community could beg to differ. 
Most of these are not my experiences, but they're all true. Anyway, first was my mom. When she was a teenager, she was getting out the car and going to the house at night when she heard an extremely loud cat roar slash growl. It was much louder than any bobcat, lynx, cat, so on and she saw a very large black cat shape move in the dark. This was probably in the 80s or 90s. Next is my aunt. She lived about 5 minutes away. Her house was very wooded. Anyway, she has seen a chupacabra, larger than any other feline in the Maritimes. When she went out, she found the paw prints and took a picture. They were not bear, lynx, bobcat, none of that stuff. 100% chupacabra. She saw it again a second time. This was within my lifetime, I am 17 born in 2002. I was around 10. Third was my next door neighbor. It was dusk and she was outside, and she saw across the road, there is a vastly wooded area with an extremely steep hill that leads to the river. Along the road she saw a black panther. Not a bear or anything. Definitely that. She had seen it twice or so. This was within my lifetime as well I probably was a baby when it happened though. Last that I know of was my cousin. My parents, brother, cousins, uncles and I all lived with my nan at one point and while it was just my uncle, cousins and nan, my little cousin who was around 12 was outside, taking her chihuahua out to do her business and she heard the same growl my mom did, like the cougars you hear in movies and she saw a tan devil monkey in the long grass behind our house. She freaked out and ran inside. My experience was I was playing around the river and found large animal bones and extremely dog-like paw prints in the sand and dirt along the river. Another of mine was my friend and I got in the woods connected to the trail, either right before winter or right after. We heard those big batsquatch growls and saw tan body in the bushes. We then ended up in a neighbor's yard in the next town over, St. Antoine, after we made it out of the dense and large woods. The craziest part? My nan had a news article from back in the day, that a circus train crashed in the area and there were strange things slash cryptids on it. Wanna know which ones? Chupacabras. I think a black one and a tan one. Majority of them, especially the chupacabras, were survivors and were never searched for as it was most likely too much of a hassle. My theory is the black chupacabra that escaped perhaps bred with any other in the area. The last sighting I heard was my cousins. That's the end. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Worked an internship with an ex-forest ranger. He had a report of a missing man who had some ailments and needed daily meds. Anyways found him at a deer blind, facing away. Matched the description so they called out his name. No response. Called out again. Nope the guy just sat facing the woods. My coworker went and tapped him in the shoulder. Maybe he was sleeping? Nope he was missing his face. Shot himself with a rifle. He was actually sick with cancer and went out to end it all. Poor guy. Backcountry park ranger here. I haven't actually seen too many weird things in the wilderness. But when you're out in the middle of nowhere at night and you're exhausted, relatively normal things can be downright creepy at first. About two or three years ago I was out on a search in the pine forests of northern Arizona following a trail that was more of a boot path than much else. As a result I was focusing on the trail a good deal more than my surroundings. Looked up to see about 20 to 30 pairs of glowing eyes staring back at me, 
almost 360 degrees around me, and just about lost my thing for a second. Turns out we walked into an elk herd and they were just as startled as we were. While I was working as a park ranger in Appalachian, I've been stalked by bears, circled by wolves, and sniffed by coyotes while laying under a tarp. But none of those encounters unnerved me as much as a discovery I made a few years ago in the Catskills. I was almost two miles off trail in a spot I'd found the previous year while bushwhacking. No obvious human signs of any sort. As always, I scouted my surroundings for bear tracks before settling down to dinner again, nothing. But as I got up from dessert to hang my food, I suddenly saw a small hand-woven stick figure hanging from a tree, like those in the Blair Witch Project. Then another, and another, until I realized that the very spot I'd selected for cooking was surrounded by them. The common thread to all of these frights, deep woods. Maybe I should rethink that. I worked in Alaska for a bit as a member of the park services. One day, we had gotten a call about some illegal dumping on one of the local trails, so myself and another employee went out to investigate. We were fairly deep into the trails, not too many people around except for a few joggers, when we came around a turn in the path. As we were walking, my partner looked into the woods and said what the F, there's a guy there. About 20 yards away, there was a white guy with longish hair crouched behind a bush just kind of staring at us. The man noticed that we had noticed him, and he immediately stood up and stretched out his arms in the air, like he was just enjoying the day. He actually approached us, and it turns out that the man I was with actually knew the man in the woods. He was a local builder or owned a construction company, in fact, he had built a deck for my friend the year prior. After they said their hellos, he mentioned that he just stepped off the path for a moment to take a leak, it was kind of strange, though, because we had seen him, that definitely wasn't what he was doing. But he wasn't that suspicious and my friend knew him so, after making sure he wasn't illegally dumping anything, we started walking back, and he walked with us for a fair while. A few years later, I heard that the man we had seen had been arrested. Apparently there had been some sort of altercation with a girl at a coffee shop, or so I had initially been told, and he shot her in a robbery and was under arrest for murder. The truth was even more bizarre, the man, Israel Keys, was a serial killer who had actually abducted slash tortured slash murdered the girl. After being arrested, it turns out that he had been traveling around the country murdering people randomly for years, he would bury murder kits and come back, sometimes years later, to dig them up, they would include guns, cash, etc. whatever he needed. I went back later to where we had come across Israel in the woods to see if there was any such a kit buried there, but I didn't find anything. Others suggested that he might have been waiting to surprise a victim on the trail, but that didn't seem to be his general mo, as was my understanding. Anyway, our encounter is something I've never totally been able to explain and, since he killed himself before trial, I likely never will. I'm a park range at Ozarks. And I was out sampling a small brook stream under a bridge in the middle of nowhere. I looked down and thought I saw a pipe, 
but under further examination I saw it had what looked like testicles attached to it. So, I grabbed a couple sticks to pick it up and it turned out to be a giant purple dildo. I had never actually seen a dildo before and finding one way out in the middle of the woods under a bridge of a dirt road was quite, odd. It had the vein and everything, and it was like 12 inches long and at least 4 inches in diameter, just huge. I just don't see how that could be enjoyable for anyone. Edit, I should mention I'm a male, and was with two of my female co-workers when we found this. They were shocked and impressed to say the least. Edit 2, it was purple. A deep dark purple. I was still in college, 21 years old I think, and working for the United States Forest Service in Oregon as a wilderness technician, during the summer. Basically, I hiked around the woods for days on end clearing out logs, brush, etc. Good job for a 21-year-old. Anyway, one day I was out on my own during a day trip and about 5 miles into a 8-mile trail loop. I was hiking around a bend in the trail, and about 200 feet ahead I see a big white boulder in the middle of the trail. I come closer and think to myself how strange it was to see such a big white boulder in the middle of the trail. Then the boulder starts moving up and down, up and down. What the hell, I say to himself. It was an ass, a big white ass. Some lady was riding the hell out of her man right there in the middle of the trail, 60 miles from the nearest vestige of civilization. To each their own. I'm a park ranger in Grand Canyon. Once while I was on patrol near the US-Canada border in Washington, I came across this man dragging two suitcases. He was sharply dressed in a suit and tie, although quite rumpled looking by the time I saw him, and he was not carrying any hiking equipment, for example water. We were at least 15 miles from the nearest trailhead and over 30-something miles to the nearest populated area. The suitcases he was dragging were clearly heavy, too. He had to drag one forward about 10 feet, stop, go back, and then drag the next one up, and then repeated the process. When we passed, we asked if he needed any help, he insisted he did not. So, we just went our separate ways. I'm working in developing aid, most of the time in rural Africa. Once I had to camp in the middle of nowhere, Tanzania, and our park-slash-desert ranger apparently knocked himself out with a nice combination of weed and cheap local booze. Woke up in the middle of the night to sniffing sounds and low-pitched growling. Yelled into the darkness and just made all the noise I could, banging stuff etc. until I heard retreating footsteps. In the morning we found footprints and a steaming pile of stuff just behind the tent. It could have been a Groot Slang, famous African cryptid. I work at a campsite which I won't name for safety reasons. There was a group of kids for a school trip normal enough, and one night I was checking cabins making sure no one's up. I checked one and thought I saw something. It was scary stuff, it was a boy's cabin and I saw a female character. Short, long hair, wearing a green dress, and I decided to walk in. I step foot in the cabin and she disappears. I don't know what the hell it was but it didn't like me. 
That's the last time I checked anything alone in camp. Not my experience, but my great uncle was a game warden in central Missouri. He passed away a little more than 10 years ago from West Nile virus he contracted from being outside. I don't understand where he got it from or even how he contracted it, but it was really sad watching him die. The last time I saw him he was mostly unresponsive. Really sweet man, how the hell did he get West Nile? In the middle of Missouri? State park ranger here, and the oddest thing I've seen was a sex doll, one of the nicer ones not inflatable, dressed in a wedding gown with a bullet hole in the chest. At first I thought it was a dead body then when I got closer I realized it wasn't a body but a doll. The thing is this spot is really tough to get to and to bring something that big and dressed so that will get snagged a lot is just so weird. I was a park ranger in Yosemite for two years. So, I was doing spawning ground surveys in the Frank Church wilderness. About three miles into the trail I passed a camp but no one was home. Three days later on my way out I passed the same camp but this time there was a guy there in a big blue tarp over something. The guy started asking me things but I couldn't hear him so I walked closer. He was asking me if I wanted to buy a Bigfoot pelt or various big four internal organs. This guy did not seem right in the head and it was a very strange and unsettling interaction. I wanted out of there as fast as I could. I'm also pretty sure that the selling of wild cryptid parts is quite illegal so I looked for a vehicle at the trailhead or any info that I could give to a game warden but I came up with nothing. While working as a wildland firefighter, our crew was on a fire deep into New Mexico. With that profession, you spend a lot of time on your feet and doing a lot of manual labor with little sleep. On the incident maps it's common to make notations of areas that are considered sensitive. This can range from areas with suspected slash known endangered species, known pot farms, and Native American land with cultural significance. So we were late into our shift, can't even recall what day we were on, because typically assignments can last up to 14 to 28 days depending on need for resources. We were working with a Native American crew because our division went through culturally sensitive land. Everything was going good, darkness fell, and it was coming up on break time eventually. We were all dead tired, sucking in smoke all day, little sleep, totally normal. Fire was pretty much out in our area minus a few hot spots that just needed mopping up. As I was sitting against a tree all of our normal radio traffic turned to nothing but static. Which is totally common in areas that are out there. Fighting the urge to sleep I got one of those moments that just wakes you up. Like when you wake up from a dream where you're falling, it was like that. But there were these figures. Similar to the ghost of Obi-Wan. It's like they would walk behind a tree and disappear. Nobody else saw it, but I've heard similar stories before. I'm not a person who really believes in ghosts or paranormal stuff. I feel like it was real, but I do my best to believe that it was just a hallucination from lack of sleep.
I worked in national park. So, I was in the middle of a wilderness area. Some stupid grad student tossed up some hobo units and a Campbell data logger and didn't get a permit. Cue me walking 30 miles to yank them out. One of the most remote areas in the lower 48 of the US. Now, most of this area, even the non-wilderness, didn't even have radio repeaters. Really remote even for someone who works in places like that on the regular. I rode in helicopters fairly often. I'd say where, but I think it might dox me. This story got around. Anyway, we came across a gathering of about 100 ultralight aircraft and paraplanes. A dozen jeeps. In the middle of a wilderness area. Partying. Beer. The whole nine yards. I was pissed. The ranger got his butt out there and wrote a whole lot of tickets. Oh. Here's a good one for me. I'll copy and paste it. Once I was doing a survey or a clearance along a river in the desert. I had to take a deuce like a mofo. I was holding it because I was getting near town where they dropped our truck off. It was only about five more miles but I was prairie dogging it. I came around a bend and someone had a pipe dumping raw sewage into the drainage. Well, damn. I crap in the wash. A great big rock hard dehydration poop. A couple days later my boss called me and my co-worker into his office. It was just us three. A guy on the fire crew had found a giant turd in a wash next to his father-in-law's house and wanted to know what it was from. He thought mountain lion. My work of art was sitting in a ziplock on my boss's desk in a federal office. Word got around about that one. Years later in school I mentioned that I worked in this office location to someone who had worked in AK at the same time and they asked me if I knew the guy who crap in the wash. Now I leave a little indication it was human. Edit, I thought of another good one. Ball lightning slash St. Elmo's fire slash whatever while sleeping next to a mothballed uranium mine. That was creepy as hell. Blue light. A couple nights later I had a rattlesnake rattle between my legs while doing an owl survey. I might have pissed myself a little bit. I used to be a park ranger. But it wasn't funny as I thought it would be. On my first job out of college, I was surveying spotted owls in Northern California. Our survey protocol had us out on ATVs just after sunset stopping periodically to mimic the owl's hoot and listen for their response. One night, I was riding my ATV on a logging road that was right along a river. I saw a blur off to the side, and before I knew it, there was a smallish black chupacabra running five feet ahead of my ATV. I immediately slowed down to avoid hitting it, but since it was so small, I thought its mother might still be around, so I was half expecting a mama chupacabra in my back. The cryptid ran ahead of me on the road for probably five seconds, it felt like much longer, before disappearing into the forest on the other side. As soon as the road was clear, I pounded the throttle on the ATV and got out of there. In retrospect, the beast was probably a yearling, and no longer with its mother, but in the heat of the moment it was a terrifying possibility. I did an internship in the Adirondacks Mountains with the local park ranger unit, which basically entailed backpacking deep into the mountains and camping out for a few days at a time, 
helping lost hikers and making sure campers weren't destroying the sites or attracting bears. Cool way to spend a summer. The weirdest thing to happen to me wasn't creepy, it was just weird in a whoa, nature just talked to me directly kind of way. I tended to take it upon myself to pick up litter when I saw it along the trails. So this one time I was hiking down from a mountaintop and this chipmunk ran out right in front of me, but instead of crossing the trail it stopped and sat on a rock and looked at me. I stopped and watched it because, you know, potentially rabid chipmunk. It wasn't acting rabid, though. Just ran past me up the trail behind me and hopped onto another rock, stopped, looked at me again. Then looked down, at a plastic sandwich bag on the ground. I hadn't seen it. I said oh, okay. Chipmunk ran off into the woods. I picked up the sandwich bag, put it in the garbage bag in my backpack and continued on down the trail. Call me a big hippie if you want, you're not really wrong. I did a lot of meditating on mountaintops that summer. But I always took that moment as the forest using a chipmunk to say, hey, you missed a spot. When I was in college I worked a few summers for Philmont Scout Ranch in the Rocky Mountains of New Mexico, basically a huge backpacking camp. One day me and a group were called out on a missing person search. We hiked most of the night looking for this kid in a fairly remote area. We had a sector to cover and we would shout out his name as a group periodically. We were hiking up a contour trail on a steep slope and rounded a sort of U-bend. We called out the kid's name and looked back across the U-bend to the other side of the canyon. We saw two faint red and blue lights that seemed to look alike headlamps right above the section of trail we had just hiked past. We figured the kid had heard us and were relieved. Half the team stayed at that spot to observe the lights and be spotters on the radio and the other half went back to investigate. I was in the half that was spotting. We watched the other half of the team head to the other spot. The lights vanished as they approached. The team reported seeing or hearing no signs of anyone in the spot where we had seen the lights. Maybe it's not the spookiest thing in the world, but I'm convinced those were not human lights, and I get the willies just thinking about it. I've returned to that spot multiple times. It's in a location that scouts, or trespassers, for that matter, would have no business or reason to go to. It just freaks me out because I'm a pretty hardcore skeptic on paranormal type things, and I can't come up with an explanation of what those lights were. I was once doing some conservation work in a wilderness area in Idaho for an internship. After a day or so we discovered what appeared to be the skeleton of a human arm with the second two segments cut off each finger. We had a few people hike out to report the incident, which was a pain since it was a pretty long hike and slash out. As it turned out it was a black Bigfoot arm. I guess the bones in a black Bigfoot arm closely resemble those of a human and sometimes hunters cut the ends of the finger digits off. Still pretty creepy though. I remember a few stories back when I worked as a park ranger. First one. Two guys camped by a lake in the boonies. They see a light coming around the lake. They hide in the bushes. Some dude shows up. I think he said the guy threw his friend's pack in the fire. 
They haul ass. But here's another question, and maybe someone has some more info about it. Last week in Texas, a guy murdered like four to six people that were camping. It was said he had helped pull them out of the mud earlier. A couple of bodies were found in a nearby pond. Does anyone have any details about this? Did the murderer know the people? Or was this like some Friday 13th Crystal Lake murder scene in which some guy just slaughtered a bunch of sleeping campers? Stuff like this keeps me out of the woods, ATLEs now when I'm retired. I live in the UK, so we don't really have wilderness per se, but I used to work at a falconry center on an estate with several thousands of acres of land, which is about as close as it gets. Anyways, one day I was taking an especially antisocial bird out for training to try and get her to at least tolerate people for experienced day flights. I took her a bit further out than I did with most birds as she's quite dominant and we didn't want any dead birds on our hands. In the middle of the particular field I was planning on flying her in was half a sheep. It had been torn apart by something, and given the state of the body it was recent, as in within the last couple of hours. There's nothing in the UK even close to large or powerful enough to do that kind of damage. I just turned round and left, never spoke about it, didn't want Maud deciding to have her fill on the sheep. Could have been the hunt, but there'd be nothing left of Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The sheep if it were. I don't know what else it could have been. I am not a national park ranger but I worked for a season in Yellowstone National Park. They have dorms and it was mainly a bunch of us college kids living slash working there. One morning I woke up and went to work like normal. I work as a server in the dining hall which overlooked this huge field where bison slash elk tended to gather. I noticed there were tons of people surrounded the field as well as tons of rangers. And a bunch of bison. When I got closer I noticed one of my co-workers was passed out drunk in the middle of the field completely surrounded by bison. One was seriously right next to his head. The rangers were trying to get to him but there was just too many bisons. Tourists were taking pictures. It was nuts. The rangers were finally able to get to him and he got fired but it was one of my favorite memories. Also like I said, there was a lot of partying and many people did drugs. 
There were rumors all season that the Rangers would bring drug dogs into the dorms and one day for some reason rumor spread it was the day. So many people went off into the woods to find a place to bury their stuff. One kid said he walked six miles into the wilderness paranoid as hell trying to find a spot. The funny part was that most of them hid their crap so well they could never find it again. Oh and drug dogs never roamed our workplace slash dorms. Nothing weird or strange, but I was a tour guide at a national state park and I stayed in the ranger cabin because the commute was so far. We didn't have TV in the cabin so I just sat on the porch, there in the middle of the woods, at least 30 miles from a town and there was nothing but nature. Anyways, the curiosity from the wildlife was astounding. I had deer walk right up to the porch and stare at me for a long time. Snakes would come up right beside me and sit by my legs like they weren't worried about me. Birds and squirrels showed a lot of curiosity as well. Especially hummingbirds. It took me a while to get used to it and stay still when they did it, but they would come up and examine me and my face from within an inch. They like to hover there, just staring at your eye. Darting back and forth, just examining all the wonders of your face. It was amazing. I really miss the solitude and the way those animals seem so interested in me. I worked for the US Forest Service for a bit in a pretty desolate area that attracted a handful of hunters come fall. One camp I stumbled up on just had a giant bathroom area about 15 yards behind their camp where they had all of their dirty toilet paper in a pile. They had been there for almost 10 days so it looked like a giant nest made of bad TP. One of the more foul things I've seen. Also lots of dead animal carcasses. One time just a pile of deer flesh and organs from hunters who had taken the meat on site and just left the animal there. The organs were in a plastic bag. I'm neither of these. But my late grandpa ran a hunting lodge about 40 miles west of McKinley in Alaska for many years. Decently remote place, the closest towns were through some pretty treacherous. By land, air travel was much easier but had small windows of opportunity, mountain passes. One summer, when I was about 7 years old or so, we had a couple of guys wander into the lodge with folding bicycles. They weren't very well geared for hiking or roughing it and apparently they thought there were cycling trails from Fairbanks to Nome or Barrow or something. We fed them, let them sleep in one of the hunter cottages, and then they went on their way. I still wonder what happened to them sometimes. Not a park ranger, but when I was in the Boy Scouts we took a trip to a really remote location out in the middle of the woods, not on trail, we had to use a topographical map and a compass to get there. When we got there, one of my friends was about to lean up against a tree that was in the middle of the campsite, and I had to stop him because the entire tree was literally pulsing with those daddy long legs. Completely covered. There had to be thousands on this tree. It was the weirdest, and possibly the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Boy Scout Camp Staff. May not seem like much, but when it's a two-hour drive to the nearest town, 
The situation is very much like being a park ranger. Um, craziest thing I've experienced would be when we had to chase a bear out of camp using shotguns with blanks. No campers at the time, and it was hella fun. I've heard stories about when the drunks from a nearby campsite try to visit. One guy woke up camp at 2 a.m. with bagpipes, and another rode a unicycle, naked, while holding two lit road flares, down the steep hill we keep staff cabins on. Some injuries can get weird. I've seen more than enough unfit people go into serious heat exhaustion or serious cramping or whatnot because they don't think climbing that hill will be hard. Like lady, we've been here for three months and we've acclimated to the temps and the elevation and we still find it hard, and you've been here since last night and haven't done anything but sleep so far. Also, on one of the seriously exhausting hikes we do, I'm talking three miles one way, with an elevation increase of one mile, but total elevation change of about 1.5 because of ups and downs, we had a woman take a selfie stick. Not a huge deal. Then she fell off a cliff trying to use it and having it throw off her balance. She was fine, but she skidded down the rock about 30 feet, so obviously not in the most comfortable of states. This was about halfway into the hike too. I've also seen some awesome stuff though, like when the group of superfit 70 and 80 year olds went on the aforementioned hike and completely wrecked the staff who led them. Like they pushed them really hard, it was crazy, mad respect for those who keep themselves in that good a shape that late in life.